I think that as humans, we have these, we have these fears, but I mean, I, I think a true catalyst gets past that. Yes, I have butterflies in my stomach. Yes, this may be looked at as a crazy idea, but I'm moving forward anyway. Hi, I'm Shannon Lucas. And I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And we're the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. This is our podcast, Move Fast, Fast, Break Shit, Shit, Burn Out, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. In this season of the podcast, we're doing a deep dive into the skills that make Catalyst successful. And we are so honored today to have Gloria Caulfield with us. Gloria is the VP of Strategic Alliances for Tavistock and serves as the president of the Lake Nona Institute. She's also the founder of the Lake Nona Impact Forum, a global health innovation summit, which you have to check out. They've had all of the best people (laughs) and the founder of Withouse. The defining trait of the Master Design Lake Nona community is an unparalleled commitment to inspire healthy living, encourage lifelong learning, embrace technology, and emphasize sustainability. I'm pretty sure that will resonate with most of our audience. Gloria plays a dual role in executing that mission. She cultivates relationships and business arrangements that support such efforts, such as the executive director for the Lake Nona Institute, um, that, that the nonprofit organization that advocates strategies for building healthy communities. She also oversees collaborations with the major healthcare companies such as Johnson and Johnson and Guidewell Florida Blue. As a University of Arizona graduate, Gloria has had an extensive career both at Advent Health and volunteers on the advisory board for the Global Wellness Institute. So great to have you with us today, Gloria. It's great to be here. Thanks, Tracy and Shannon. All right, so let's jump right in. We'd love to start off by hearing about how you relate to the concept of catalyst. Well, I, I have to tell you, um, when I when I first uh, got this request, I went and looked it up in the dictionary. So I'm like, okay, let's just make sure I'm on point with what a catalyst is. So, and I read, I quote, a person or event that quickly causes change or action. So, I mean, I can I can relate to this mindset because I think for me personally is that a catalyst and at least from my point of view, is someone that is eager, genuinely eager to forge new paths, try new things. And, you know, I think we can be, it can be a little scary, but at the same time, it's just part of our DNA. We, we have to try new things. So I think that there's this, you know, in a, the, the opportunity to see innovation and a concept that you come up with actually come to fruition, it's really part of the reward. I mean, the financial reward obviously is also very gratifying, but to see something that went from an idea to an actual concrete uh, project is extremely rewarding. I love that so much. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little about that fear. It's so nice because people don't often talk about that when we when we ask them about Catalyst, but the fear for us is real as well as the people around us, I imagine. What's your experience with that been like? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, as human beings, we always have these little nagging concerns in our heads that, you know, uh, should I take a chance? Or, you know, is this something I, I really should be recommending? And you know, how are people going to view my idea? 
or I mean, I think the worst thing is having a great idea and not expressing it because you're afraid to, you know, use your voice in, in a meeting. So, I mean, I think that as humans, we have these, we have these fears, but I mean, I, I think a true catalyst gets past that. Yes, I have butterflies in my stomach. Yes, this may be looked at as a crazy idea, but I'm moving forward anyway. <laughs> It's so spot on. And I have to say, I pulled this quote off of uh, the website, uh, which is the thing to do. This is from the CEO of FedEx. The thing to do is quit talking about it and start doing something about it, which I think is exactly what you were just talking about. Yeah. And I mean, you may not have, it's important to plan and it's important to take a lot of factors into consideration and not be reckless. But at the same time, you can overthink and you can over engineer. So at some point you have to just jump in the pool and start doing things. And, and some of the other details will shore up as you go along. Yeah, and that's not comfortable for a lot of people. <laughs> all right, so we'd love to understand, I mean, you're wildly successful. You're creating all of this positive change in the world in so many different ways as we heard. What are one or two of the essential skills that have made you successful as a catalyst? And maybe some stories about how they've helped you. Like, were there times when you're like, I had this and I won because of it? Or maybe times when you failed because you didn't, you're like, wished I'd had that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of go back to year one of, of working in my current role um, here at Tavistock and Lake Nona. And I mean, if I would just encapsulate, what does it take when you have a great idea, um, you haven't executed the idea, and you have to really convince um, and bring people along. So I would say that one of the most essential skills is communication. To be able to communicate to people in a credible, data-driven if possible, so you have some facts behind you, infectious way that helps to enlist support of other people because of course you can't do things by yourself. And so I think that I have seen people that have great ideas and are brilliant, but they don't communicate well um, for whatever reason, and it holds them back. And I've seen people that are outstanding communicators. They may not have all of the skills that certain people have, but their ideas resonate and they, they, they actually advance quicker. So I think having that and being able to communicate the invisible. So, you know, I, I'll kind of take this back to, you know, the impact forum. So you mentioned the impact forum. So um, it is now a global event, private event of some of the most talented bespoke health innovators. We're now working on year 12. Year one, was very different. <laughs> we had no videos. We had no beautiful pictures of people speaking at the event. Um, we didn't have partners. We had none of that. We had an idea. <laughs> and the idea is, is that as we're building out this wellness community, we want to bring together some of the top thinkers and brain trust in the world that are talking about the most important subjects of our time in health innovation. And then it'll also help to inform our future. You know, we've got this geographic place where we're trying to 
build a city and inspire human potential and do all of these things. But we needed to collect the brain trust uh, to do that. So I remember going to partners that could help support us to help launch the event. I didn't have any of those, those assets that I mentioned, but I could communicate the vision. You know, what if we could do this? What if we could bring these people here? What if we could uh, become a Mecca for great thought leadership? And, you know, I had a significant amount of Fortune 20 companies that said, yes, we will put our money in and help sponsor this because we believe it's a good idea. So that's an example of selling the invisible. Now it's easier to sell. I have reams of information. I have great photos. I have testimonies. I have a national advisory board. But year one, we had none of that. So communication, I cannot stress the importance of being able to articulate clearly with excitement, but also with credibility. And so, and then I think the second piece in terms of skills is partnership creation. Interesting, unique partnership creation. And my litmus test for partners is that when I get in the same room with a partner that's really aligned with the mission and vision of what we're doing, like all of a sudden, I feel like I've known them for 20 years because we're, we're the conversation flows and we can start finishing each other's sentences and we're, it's very symbiotic. And that's really key is to discern who the best partners are from early on. So you're not wasting a lot of time, but also recognizing that in order to get things done efficiently and quickly, you absolutely need to have great partners to help. Amazing. Um, I would love to start off by double clicking on the communication. And there's sort of two ways to get to this question. You said credible, which everyone will understand. The infectious part is really interesting. Like, how do you tell someone what infectious communication is or how to embody that? And so the sort of follow on or connected question is, how did you sell the invisible? Like, what was it that you were saying to these people that they're like, we will give that money for that thing that doesn't exist yet that we don't really understand probably? Yeah. I think with the infectious, the only way I can describe it is you have to believe to your core that you can do what you say you're going to do. So an infectious means that I'm, I'm, I'm able to paint a clear vision, a clear enough vision, um, and do it in a way that they want to come along. They want to come along for this particular ride. And so, um, but it, it comes down to really feeling very convicted with what you're trying to accomplish, um, having a clear path to get there that you can communicate and having the enthusiasm to share it in a way that people just want to be a part of it. And that's, 
the best way I can describe it. It's a very intangible concept. It is. And that's why it's important to double click on because I agree it's such an important skill. I'll ask one more question, which was how much for each of those conversations did you modify the messaging based on who you were speaking to at any given time? Well, I mean, I think that the messaging had a lot of similarities, but I think you have to know what is meaningful to each of the partners that you're trying to work with. You know, so in our case, you know, one of the core partners that we started the impact forum with was Johnson & Johnson. It's a very different organization than like a Cisco, by the way, who was one of our original partners or GE. So just understanding kind of what is the right metrics, business metrics for success for those organizations and being able to have those slight nuanced discussion based on what's important to them. Yeah, I think that's important. It's an important reminder for everyone, us included, but it's important for the catalysts who are coming up is like taking the time to understand who's right in front of you. Like your vision doesn't change, but what they care about it might be just slightly nuanced, right? right. And so yeah. pivoting into that, um, we love partnerships too, but there's always this tension, whether you're cultivating internal partners uh, across an organization, if you work at a GE or Cisco and you're a catalyst, you'll have to cultivate partners from that perspective, or in, in your example, they're actual external partners that you're signing partnership agreements with. There's a tension for Catalyst about we have this idea that's constantly iterating about what the best version of the thing is. So when you think about your impact forum, I'm guessing there was this ideal version. And when you start bringing partners on board, sort of talking about like the what's in it for them, yeah. I'm wondering if you have any advice for how to navigate like what we have to let go of to get it done yeah. versus how you, you hold on to the nugget that you're like, this is the core and that can't pivot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really good question. I, you know, I think that there has to be core values that are non-negotiable. And you have to be able to explain why those core values matter and why they why it should matter to them as well. So one of our core values as an example is, this isn't a trade show. <laughs> this is a thought leadership event. Nice. This is about showing up with your best, most original creative thinking. Um, and we're not going to leave, uh, for lunch and walk through a trade show. You know, it's going to be all about powerful networking, powerful connections, and having content that makes you want to lean off of your seat and listen and not want to miss anything. Like, so that's always, um, a litmus test for what a partner may be asking mm -hmm. that could serve their interests, but doesn't, it doesn't necessarily align with the overall delivery of what you're trying to accomplish. So, um, and, and I have found that most of the time when you, when you, when you, when you stay true to your mission and vision, there's, that, that there's respect for that. And there's also a way to try to align interests without compromising the original thought or the original concept that you have. 
I love that trade show example because it really brings to light like you had a vision, but it's also having the tangible example of, but not this. There may be other things in this sphere of what it actually is that we can compromise on or find new things to test, but we're really clear that it's not this. And here's how it's aligned to our values. Beautiful. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What challenges do you face as a catalyst leader? I mean, I have to ask, like you have so many hats on, we didn't even cover them all. So like obviously burnout is part of the book title, but like, what are some of your challenges without putting words in your mouth? I think sometimes what you have to be careful of is um, recognizing, I'm guessing most catalysts, if you were gonna break their personalities down, there would be a high D profile in that, you know, if you were starting to like just dissect personality traits, D would be in there somewhere. And, high and just for our listeners, you're referencing the DISC profiles. Yes. DISC profile. Right. And so, um, so with that, you have to recognize that there are a range of other personality types and what motivates them and what makes them want to support you can be very different than what I need, right? I, I need very efficient conversations and I just want to move as fast as possible. There's a lot of people that can't move like that. They don't, their brains are not wired that way. And that, that it's actually okay. So <laughs> I think, you know, the biggest thing is being able to recognize what you need around you to be successful. And to be able to bring those other types of leaders to the table to augment and make what you're trying to do even better. But it requires patience because you have to recognize and communicate in a different way with different styles and to ensure that you take the time to do that. And I would say where I've had challenges, to be honest with you, is when I haven't practiced that when I just want to get things done and I don't have, you know, I don't have the patience to process fully with somebody that, that needs to think about things in a different way. Um, so for me, I think it's the biggest challenge is tempering, just learning how to temper that style, which I think helps to make a catalyst successful but also recognizing the relationship development that needs to go on around you so that you know you have the right people in place to be able to support the success of, of what you're trying to accomplish. It, I'm, I'm laughing in, 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 in solidarity, right? Um, and I'm wondering, so I had talked about all the hats that you wear, but maybe the energy that is more important as a catalyst, and it sounds like maybe in your story, is like, that's a lot of emotional labor. Like you have to have your own oxygen mask on first before you can be really present to be with that person and give them what they need. How do you maintain enough energy or keep your well filled so that you have that capacity and the patience yeah well i would say you know practicing what i preach you know with wellness so you know i um i do focus on things like meditation um and you know i i, I look at the things that you know we all talk about with wellness high quality nutrition high quality sleep you know, uh, movement you know so all all of the things that we know make us whole 
whole humans uh, and, and, and more productive. So, I mean, I think, I think that's it. And then, I mean, it, I think at the end of the day, um, what makes all of us um, feel successful as a human, put our business stuff aside for a minute, is the quality of our relationships. Mm. So, you know, being able to lean on relationships that I've had for decades in my life, um, I think is, it, it, it is one of the things that really helps to fill my day. Thank you for sharing that. That's lovely. Tracy, over to you for rapid fire. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. What is one thing that you do to be ready for a big meeting? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting emphasis on the word big. And so um, one of my personal goals is to always have something meaningful to contribute, but at the same time, it might be unexpected. So I don't know how, you know, it's not easy to always pull that off, but it is important to think ahead on these big meetings and, and to really think about, no, I don't need to talk a lot, but when I do talk, I want it to be valuable and I want to have something meaningful. And I do want to surprise people a little bit. How do you prepare for that? Like, even if it's a fictitious example or a real example, what is that? Like, are you looking at the meeting invite? Like, what are the steps to help you think through meaningful contribution that may be unexpected? Um, you know, let me let's see if I can come up with an example. I mean, I, I think that, you know, if we're, let's just say a strategic planning, meeting, you know, and, and part of the strategic roadmap is to continue to advance innovation around this wellness uh, community. And so doing my homework and understanding who else is out there that, uh, you know, what, what other innovations are out there? It could be people, it could be products, it could be technology that we haven't had any experience with yet, that when we come, I can have a meaningful contribution to say, here's an area where we have a gap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've done some research and I have figured this out and this would be an organization that would be worth having a conversation with. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of taking the time to understand you know, what are we trying to accomplish in this meeting? Um, what do I need to bring so that we can advance the work of the company uh, or a project per se? Mm -hmm. I, I'm tying this answer to your first skill around communication and the way that you were layering the, you know, how deep we need to think about in communication. And I love that across this conversation, you've helped us see that preparation for communication in so many different ways is critical, mm -hmm. right? So it's having absolute belief in what it is you're going to say, right? That infectious element, thinking about the story and articulating the vision and the pathway to get people there, 
considering who you're in conversation with and how they may be different for you and how you may need to not just change your words, but moderate your style. Mm -hmm. And in meetings, really being thoughtful in understanding what we're getting to and doing extra research. And so communication isn't, it's almost none of it about the words that I'm talking right now. Yeah. It's the thoughtfulness and preparation that comes before I speak. Absolutely. I think that what, what you're, you would hope for is that when I come to a meeting that what I have to say is valuable. And again, it's not quantity, it's quality. Yeah. And that that becomes recognized, that becomes a pattern over time, right? Where people recognize and they're like, I wanna hear what you have to say because I know that you didn't just kind of roll out of bed and come to this meeting. You came here ready to really contribute and bring something unexpected to the table. But that's that again, that anybody can do that. It's just a little bit of, you know, like pre-planning, creativity, and thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. Your favorite way to spend a free day. Oh, that's easy. Traveling and exploring. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I love meeting people. I love traveling and um, anything to do with finding a new destination. I, I love that. Um, so that that's easy. Is that get in your car and get lost or is that we have a date and we're going to Italy next week? I think it could be any of those things. I mean, I, you know, it could be a road trip. No, no problem. Um, you know, it could be, I, I haven't been to X place and just, you know, heading to a new place. Um, it could be, I haven't tried a new restaurant in a while. Let's go there. You know what I mean? So it's exploring and trying new things. I love it. <laughs> Who is your favorite famous catalyst, alive or dead, and why? Okay, so I, I have a couple thoughts on this. Um, and, and this gentleman is, I don't know how famous he is, but he was a big inspiration to how I think. And his name is Franz Johansson. Okay. And Franz Johansson is an author. Uh, and one of his most famous books was The Medici Event. And so I actually went to a presentation and, and, and that, that he gave a, a lecture and then I read his book and it made me think about innovation in a completely different mm -hmm. way. And it impacted me for kind of <laughs> the rest of my career. But the Medici effect is simply, you know, obviously the reference is from the Renaissance. And um, he, he really talked about, you know, what sparks the most impactful innovation. Mm -hmm. The most impactful innovation, if you kind of go through the centuries, happens at the nexus of diverse thinkers, people that are, you know, have come from different backgrounds, and you know different cultures, um, and 
have an equal seat at the table to be able to problem solve or innovate in a completely different way. And it, it just makes so much sense because if you think about it, if you had 10 women that are best friends that grew up together in the same town and all had very similar lifestyles and experience and you had them solve a problem, they don't come at it from a very similar point of view. But if you said, okay, we have 10 women, one's from South Africa, one's from Thailand, one's from India, one's from, you know, you, and we are given a, a problem to solve together, all of a sudden you have the wisdom, mm -hmm. all of these different life experiences, all of these different cultures. And if, if, if people feel safe to be able to just talk and bring their ideas to the table, that is the formula for some of the best innovation in the world. And that's what Franz Johansson talks about in his book, The Medici Effect. So, I feel like, oh, sorry to cut you off. That's all right. I feel like you tied a bow on the whole conversation because you just made the invisible visible. Yeah. You just helped us see how you sold that year one yeah. by explaining the importance of everybody showing up, ready to contribute, having a voice in a way that is more powerful than I've ever heard. Well, thank you. And, and it was interesting because one of my full circle moments is after I started this impact forum, um, I actually had the opportunity to meet Franz Johansson in person. And he came to Lake Nona and we were, you know, just happened to be in town and, and, and I told him the story that I just shared with you. And I said, it would be such an honor if you would come and speak at the Lake Nona Impact Forum. And he did. And so it's like, those are the moments where you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, if you really have the vision and, and, you know, the discipline, things can happen. So he's one, I would say the other person, he just sort of embodies some of this, but this is a music uh, icon is Jimi Hendrix. Um, you know, you look at Jimi Hendrix and you really study his background and how he came up in the music industry. He was the epitome of the Medici effect because he did what was very unexpected at that time. He, he brought a fusion of all different influences together from you know different backgrounds, different cultures. He, you know, he had the opportunity to like solely play in Harlem. And he's like, no, I, I want to go do other things, you know, and he ended up going to London. So so he actually, you know, kind of followed his heart and without even knowing it, he became sort of a personification of the Medici effect and became to this day, one of the legendary rock guitarists and music of all time. I love it. Again, a perfect story to illustrate <laughs> what you're talking about. As we wrap up today, Gloria, do you have a call to action for our listeners? You know, I guess the only thing I would say, and, and I do say this to people that I mentor that are earlier in their careers, is just get comfortable with advancing your ideas 
and uh, don't be afraid to be bold and uh, just get, get your ideas noticed because you'll go through an uncomfortable period as you get used to, you know, using your voice with, with your ideas. But then when you get to that full circle moment where you see your ideas being implemented, there is no better reward. And so that, that would be my call to action. Just get comfortable, just go for it. And, um, you know, just get through the, the fear piece of it. I love that my my 30 something year old self, I mean, maybe even earlier, but my, definitely my 30 year old self need, I had something to say at that point. I think it's hard earlier, but I just wish I had had that advice. I think that's great advice, Gloria, thank you. Well, and I, I would say like, early, you know, early in my career and, you know, even as women, sometimes we have phenomenal ideas, but sometimes we're just reluctant to verbalize those ideas. And nothing is worse than having a phenomenal idea and having somebody else express it before you. I mean, that's like one of the most frustrating things. So I, uh, that's just, just get, be open and, and talk about your ideas. And I feel like you've given us all a playbook to begin <laughs> to experiment with that communication. So thank you. Thank you for the call to action and the gift on how to do it. And thank you for being here with us today. It has been a joy to have this time thank with you. you. Thank you, Tracy. Shannon, you guys are a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. We love what we do. <laughs> and you're fun too. This was a great conversation. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at catalystconstellations.com. Be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out. And if you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way.